All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day. Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the DFO Rundown Podcast with Frank Saravalli and Jason Greger on DailyFaceOff.com. Welcome to episode 47 of the DFO Rundown. We really should call this one uh, 47 Expansion Ideas because we're going to get into lots of them on the show today. I'm Jason Greger. Frank Saravalli, of course, joins me once again. We are live from the woodjerseys.com studio. Frank has his uh, very intricate Toronto Maple Leafs wood jersey. Looks awesome up close, or you'll see my boss one from afar. You can hang it up on your wall, at your home, in your office. It's fantastic. All the teams, Seattle Kraken fans, trust me, they're getting cracking on having one right now coming up. It'll be ready for the new season. So check it out. All the teams, your favorite teams at woodjerseys.com. Let's Frank. get cracking. Yes. Now, before we get to our expansion uh, draft episode, I just, are you doing okay I know this is a this is a great weekend for Frank Saravalli breaking stories, but I hear that that your son kind of followed in the footsteps of his father breaking some uh, some important things. Yeah, that's that ain't right. Why'd you have to bring that up? Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a day. You know, I was like kind of chained to my desk in my office, making a bunch of calls all day, and I I come out, we're ready to go to dinner as a family, and. My wife's like, uh, yeah, yeah. Christian has something to say. And I was like, Oh, this will be good. And he's seven. He's like, dad, I'm really sorry. But I broke your TV. And I'm like, you what? Like we just got our basement finished recently, you know, get a brand new 80 inch TV hanging on the wall. So excited. I barely spent any time down here and yeah, he was playing Nintendo switch with his buddy and the controller flew out of his hand. And I say that with air quotes, (laughs) 
because he was probably, if he's anything like me, he raged through it at the TV and said that it was an accident. And uh, yeah, so there's a big, you know, circle and like the spider cracks coming out of it and now it just won't turn on. And I'm like, pretty sure that's not covered under warranty. Oh, that's a t- oh, jeez! I didn't know eighty inch. Why wow, living large there? I like it. Oh, I was like, look, if you're gonna get the basement finished and it's and true. make it nice, like well, like you only do it once. Like let's not have to do this again later. So wow, wow! Well, I gotta something, do it again later. Something tells me the uh, controller won't be slipping out of his hands again anytime. Soon. Something tells me that he will never be playing video <laughs> games on a TV in my basement again. <laughs> now, uh, what's great about video games is. You know, you can you can play a video game and, and kind of get a sense of of uh, you know what it's like to be a player in that game. And so today, what a segue that is. We're gonna have our kind of video. It's almost game like you've version. done this once or twice. Yeah, once or twice, sure. Um, our own video game version of the expansion draft, because of course uh, on Sunday, all of the uh, the protected lists came out and now we see a lot of players that are exposed and, and there's some big names there's some big contracts exposed as well and uh, now seattle will have until uh, wednesday to decide who they're going to uh, claim from these teams are we going to see some deals right after like we saw in 2017 and so today kind of we'll go through the process frank you drafted a team i drafted a team as well i just want to start by saying it was not as easy as I thought. I'm like, oh, this is going to be fun. You know, I got all the It's a puzzle. Through it. Oh my, it's a puzzle. And it's like, there's certain teams that, that have way more appealing players. So then you got to decide. And then there's others where. I, I called it the, like, I was trying to think of Jason, my pile of shit award. That was like, which team did the best job of, well, or maybe not. Cause they just don't have any good players of like, which team handed Ron Francis the biggest pile of shit to pick from. I think I know the answer to that, but let's get to the end of the exercise. Okay. All right. That's a good little tease. I like it. Um, what What did you find the most challenging when you made your team? Just steering away from the big names, the big contracts, the ones that are going to get you in trouble. Um, I think there's two ways to look at this. I mean, if you really wanted to go for it in your Seattle and you wanted to you know, you wanted to hit the ground running and try and chase a Stanley cup. I actually think that there'd be a way to put together a team that that is an instant playoff team. I just don't, you know, when you hear Ron Francis's comments on Saturday about the, the primo value of, of cap space. And I think everyone believes that to be true. And the golden Knights, I think they kind of, they viewed it the same way. And then they realized quite quickly that their team was good And so they kind of threw that out the window and they've had a lot of cap issues since then because they've tried to compete for the Stanley cup. I I just, I don't think Seattle is quite going to go down that same path. Obviously they're going to end up with a decent team and how weak the Pacific is. uh, They may actually be a playoff team when it's all said and done. There just isn't as much leverage to squeeze this time around. I don't think because I think teams actually did end up learning a lesson. uh, So we'll see how that plays out. Yeah, well, I have a little bit of a strategy and for mine as well, and maybe I can tell it at the end after we, you know, we're going to go through team by team and who we picked, and uh, you know, obviously some teams there's there's other options, and and sometimes you might. I know that uh, I haven't seen your list, you haven't seen my team, so this is uh, we're doing this live, and I'll be like, oh, that's who Frank picked. Uh, by the way, when you say that's who Frank picked, I actually wanted to point this out for everyone listening. This is none of my opinion. Because first off, no one cares about my opinion. 
I went through the expansion draft, all 30 teams with three NHL front office members this afternoon to get a consensus on who they think will be picked. So this is actually more reporting. I'll have plenty of rumors and talk about side deals as we go through each team alphabetically, but none of this in here is my opinion. Yeah, well, I'm going to, my team is based on conversations I had with uh, people in the last six months, uh, as well as, you know, just some of those conversations were which players they like, you know, that. And obviously there's some on the list that we didn't think would be exposed. So that, you know, that kind of adds to it. Plus I went in knowing, having talked to many people on what they think is going to be the strategy of Seattle. So it's not, I don't, these aren't, this isn't my team per se as who I like. Although there are some, well, I'll admit that I, I looked at Vegas and I saw the strength of what they did. And I think in hindsight, if there was a few, two little things they could change, that's what I added to this team. So mm-hmm. mine's kind of probably yours is a hundred percent with others. Right. Mine has, I would say 15 hybrid percent of, uh, of where I'm like, this is what I would do if I was in that position. Got it. Okay. So let's start with Anaheim. You go first. The, Oh, we're going in uh, alphabetical order, alphabetical order, right through the whole thing. Okay. Um, uh, Derek Grant. Okay. I thought about Derek Grant and I was told to check out which centers are potentially available for Seattle. And that, that was one of the real sticking points for Ron Francis, but I think they're going to go with uh, the young defenseman, Jacob Larson. Well, it's funny, Frank, that's the other guy I thought, but I had so many defensemen and it, it came down. It's funny. Those are my, two I actually guys, only but... ended up with nine. So Jacob Larson is one of the nine. You had nine. Okay. I have uh, I actually had 10 uh, defensemen and I'll explain why, because I think uh, defensemen are extremely valuable to trade deadline. And I think Seattle's going to load up on them. And you know, if they, if they are a playoff team, great. And it's probably because they have uh, NHL defensemen. And if not, then they'll move some of them uh, for futures. So uh, Arizona, Arizona's now that was a tough team for me. This is in the pile of shit category. Yeah. They're they're a contender. Yeah, that's fair. Cause I ended up going and, and I felt for certain energy players, I went Tyler Pitlick. I went with Tyler Pitlick as well. I thought about Christian Fisher, five years younger, under team control, one more year as an RFA. He was productive a couple of years ago, has fallen off a little bit. But I think Pitlick is more of a sure thing and the cap hit at 175 isn't damaging. You got to go alphabetical because I don't have all the teams in front of me. I have all okay. the, I think it's awesome. Boston next. Yeah. Okay. Now, I got the whole thing one. in front of me. Because I, I took a few that are a little bit risky. Okay. I'll admit, and this was one of them. Okay. I went ahead. with Nick Ritchie because I think he's a really good player. He's he's a guy who can play in your top six at times if you don't have, and he's a really good bottom six player. I know he's an RFA. There's a, you know, there's a concern, obviously, that you know, if he goes to arbitration, he'll get a big hit. But I still think uh, he was worth taking. So I went Nick Ritchie. I could see that uh, makes sense for a team that, you know, is looking for some goals and a little bit of an edge. I think Nick Ritchie makes sense. I went with Jeremy Lausanne. Uh, it was between him and Connor Clifton. I think uh, with Jay Leach being there, he would know these guys pretty well. Uh, Lausanne can also play the right side. He's 24 cap hit under a million, one more year. And I, you know, when you look at the minutes that those two guys played last year, he actually was playing almost 19 minutes a night yeah, and a little bit more than Clifton. So that told me a little bit what Boston staff thought of him. So I went with Jeremy Lazan. All right. Buffalo. And, uh, and we're going to have a whole, uh, Tyler's going to build this as we're talking. Now. He's going to put it up on screen for people. And, you know, we'll have all pictures on social media if you want to follow along. Uh, the Buffalo Sabres. 
I, I went a little bit outside the box here, but this is a defenseman that I know many people really like. He only played 13 games last year, so maybe you forgot about him. The risk is, of course, he's a UFA, but Vegas took Eric England, who we had on the pod earlier, who was a UFA, and then signed him right away. I think Jake McCabe is somebody that you can sign for four years. The, the cap number isn't going to be outrageous. You know exactly what you get. I'm taking Jake McCabe. I could see that. Um, Buffalo was also on my list of teams that didn't offer up a lot. Yep. I had Will Borgen, uh, younger, under team control, low cap hit, has room to grow, just depth defenseman for your organization. Next. Calgary. Mark Giordano, man. It's hard. I know he's got yeah, a big it's, cap. It's, I think it's almost definitely Mark Giordano. In yeah. fact, I, I believe that Seattle has given Calgary an indication that they will indeed take Mark Giordano. So I think yeah. that's a really good fit for a lot of the reasons we've talked about. Leader, awesome in the community, um, you know, has game quite clearly. The cap hit isn't so much so that you're like scared to death. And, and also the fact that it's only one year. Uh, I think he's the perfect guy to try and inject some culture and and what you want this organization to be. I believe, Frank, when when they have the uh, the broadcast on Wednesday, that Mark Giordano will be there because you still need like you got to make a little bit of a splash to yeah. uh, to your market. And Mark Giordano is a legit pl- the guy's a Norris Trophy winner. Like he's a good player. And I talked about this last week on the pod. Like an absolute gem of a human being. Yep. And, and I don't I don't think Calgary wants to lose him at all. No, I just think you know they had to lose someone. They've got some younger defensemen. Obviously, Giordano turns thirty eight, and they don't want to be in a spot where they're left exposing one of those players who Seattle almost surely would take in addition to the fact that, I mean, who's kidding who, if you're going to get $7 million off your cap, then that provides the Calgary flames, a lot of flexibility to fill that role with a younger player as they continue to look for change. Who do you have in Carolina? Carolina. I was all over the map. Uh, I was surprised to see Nino Niederreiter exposed. Uh, I think his production certainly warrants consideration uh, I am very intrigued. I think Seattle is all over Dougie Hamilton. I think Dougie Hamilton is eight times eight all day in, Car- in uh, Seattle. Okay. So I'm thinking that Seattle is going to take a hard run at signing Dougie Hamilton. Now, I don't know why, though, given that they know that they could, that they'd also then make him their selection. So this will come up at other points with regards to UFAs. But I have them selecting Jake Bean. Uh, so that's my official choice, but I think that they're going to sign Dougie Hamilton at some point. That's my bet. Uh, uh, see, uh, mine came down to being a Nita rider and uh, I have a lot of other defensemen and I just look at the one thing I felt that Vegas w- was looking for a lot is, and, and they still are is like just a, a sh- pure finishers. And there was a few out there that, that are the, you know, better as legit scores. And I think Nino Niederreier is like a consi- you know, that guy can score you 20 goals and uh, it's only one year in his contract. So we'll see some guys don't accept change very well, but I went with Nino Niederreier only because I believe that I think Seattle wants to be somewhat competitive and in order to be competitive, you got to have some guys who can score. Yeah, no, I think it, he definitely warrants consideration and something for them to think about. I think that's actually why he's in there is so that they give them something to think about instead of Jake Bean, who I think they like. Chicago? The Chicago Blackhawks, uh, this is this is an interesting one for me. And this is, I'll admit, this is, I had about four or five picks that I felt were kind of risky picks. And, and this is one of them. 
Um, because he's an RFA, and I know I've heard, uh, you know, some of the numbers he's looking for maybe a little bit higher, but Nikita Zadorov is a big defenseman and, you know, size matters on the back end. And, and if, if you could get him for, you know, kind of close to what he made last year, cause he didn't put up any numbers that, that command a, a massive arbitration case that I see. So I went with Nikita Zadorov because I, j- I just think he's a guy that would, would relish being in that expansion and having the opportunity to uh, be there from the start. I think uh, three out of three of the people I talked to, they're all a hundred percent convinced that that's the guy Seattle's taking. So that was easy. Uh, Colorado, not easy. Oh man. They got a lot of options in, uh, in Colorado, but I went for a guy who, he's obviously got some, uh, he's got some term. It's a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit heavier of a contract, but uh, Jonas Donskoy, I, I like he can he can play in your top six, he can play in your third line, he can, he can do a lot. He's a very versatile player, and I, I think Ron Francis, the style of game they want to play, I think Jonas Donskoy fits right into it. I initially had Jonas Donskoy on based on how I think it might go, but the people I've talked to all seem to indicate that it's JT Comfer. And the reason for that is because he year. can play center. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny. Cause those are the two guys I was, I was. So he's younger them. than Donskoy. He's yeah. three years younger. His cap hit is a little less and they think he's a center. So that's where I think they're going to go. Yeah. I'll, I always say this though. When I hear people say they think he's a center, I'm like, I'm not sure he's a center. Does that make you think of Nuge at all? Uh, too soon yeah, okay. yeah like some right, guys sure. can play center are they necessarily better on the wing yep i i, I think but we can have that are, debate we could do an entire episode on that yeah those two are those are pretty close but i do i agree with you the the age was uh was i almost put comfort down uh because of that but people are really high on donskoy scouts love the way he played i i really like donskoy and yeah. he's been a playoff player too yeah columbus well, this, this one, Frank, this would be a tough one. I know that they have Max Domi. Um, I had a lot of guys with cap space and I, you know, because of the injury, I don't think it, this one's a little bit of a, you know, a, a wild card, but I had two different scouts tell me that they think this guy can pan out with patience, a uh, young defenseman who they don't have a lot of on my team. And I'm going with uh, Gabriel Carlson. Interesting. Okay. I've got another defenseman that a bunch of people mentioned. That's Dean Kukin. Um, I, I think he's a guy that, uh, for whatever reason, hadn't necessarily gotten the minutes or the ton of uh, opportunity in the lineup, but someone that people think can do more. Well, hey, that happened last time to a Columbus player when he went to uh, to the yes, expansion uh, Vegas Golden Knights. So uh, maybe that'll happen again. Okay, Dallas. I struggled uh, I a just, lot with Dallas. Yeah, I went. With, I went with the veteran guy in Dallas and Blake Como. So did I. That's interesting. I just think his production is, is consistent. Uh, he brings some leadership and at 2.4 million, he's not going to crush you. And it's only for one year. Again, same thing, same vein of thinking with, um, with Mark Giordano is to help build and establish the, set the tone of the culture that you want to build in that group. And I think Blake Como would be another guy to fit that category. Best definition I got from Blake Como is coaches love him because you know what you're going to get from Blake Como every night. And that's really valuable. Frank doesn't, even if, even if all he gives you is a six out of 10 every night, but you know, that's what you get coaches. You're going to get eight, 10 goals guaranteed easy. Yeah. They love predicting. And he shows up. 
Okay. Uh, Detroit. The Detroit Red Wings. Well, I, I'll be honest. I was a little surprised I saw his name on here, but man, I loved the season he had. I think you need some dynamic players. And um, I'm going with uh, Troy Stetcher. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Troy Stetcher fan. I was actually surprised he ended up in Detroit when he hit free agency. Uh, I'm going with Vladislav Nemestikov. Um, he's a guy that has hit 20 goals previously, uh, had an okay year, played, still played 16 minutes a night, um, cheap contract. Again, no risk. My whole thing with this entire exercise from the people I've talked to is don't get locked in long-term with anyone. And yeah. Vladislav Nemeskov, another guy, come in, prove it, chip on your shoulder, hasn't gotten you know that opportunity to really stay and build his career somewhere. Can it be in Seattle? I, I only have 11 players, Frank, that uh, are, are have a contract longer than 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 one year like two years or longer so i agree with you on that um my my one concern about nemestikov his production when he was in tampa was obviously the best and he played some pretty skilled players and since then i'm not sure and i don't think that i don't think Nemest like Nemestikov. he had a 17 goal season two years ago split between yeah. uh the sens and abs so i mean well, the, the sens he scored good, 13 yeah. goals in 54 games with the sen yeah. i mean that's where the production came yeah. Yeah. How about the Edmonton Oilers? Now this one is, is an interesting one to me because I don't, there's not a player that Edmonton's going to lose. I think that that's really damaging to their team. And uh, I went with the, uh, and this pick came down to for me because they were probably one of my last seven or eight teams I filled out. So I was getting down to positional need a little bit. I went with a veteran player the coaches know what they get in Chris Russell, who has a very low cap hit of 1.25 million. I get he's older, but the only young player they really had available would have been Tyler Benson. And uh, he hasn't established himself as an NHL player yet. Um, the, I thought about Jajar Kara as a real outside chance, but uh, I ultimately chose the guy who coaches know he's a third pair. He can play either side. He kills penalties and block shots like no one else. And he's dirt cheap. This was a pretty strong consensus for Jujar Kara. Uh, a number of different reasons. Uh, he's been, he brings some energy. He's got some size. Um, the other guy that people talked about, as you hit on, was Benson. Some people were saying that they think Benson can be that sort of Thomas Noshek guy uh, where you bet on a prospect who hadn't really gotten a chance in the NHL yet, like uh, Vegas did a few years back. Um, I think Kara is a little bit more of a sure bet. And I think I'm going to make a prospect bet later, but it's not going to be in Edmonton. Yeah, I'm curious. And by though. the way, before we move on, there's been lots of uh, chatter out there about the Edmonton Oilers and their defense. And from my understanding, and this is Sunday night, uh, this pod will be posted on Monday morning. My understanding is that the Oilers and Adam Larson are, are rather unlikely at this point to get something done and that he'll be heading to market. Yeah. Now, I think the development, which is really interesting, is that Tyson Barry has a real chance to stay in Edmonton. That's been the sort of shift that's occurred over the last four or five days. Um, and I think it's really interesting for a number of reasons. I think a lot of people had written off Tyson Barry and the chance to come back just because of whatever number he may or may not be looking for. And I think he actually really enjoyed his time in Edmonton, wants to come back and also sees how good of a fit it was. So why change it? And I think that both sides are open to the idea the question is, 
How does the pecking order go around the league? Where does Dougie Hamilton go? How much does he sign for? All those things kind of, you know, go into it. But Tyson Barry, I think, has a real strong chance to stay. Yeah, the the challenge about that for Edmonton is you have Barry, Bouchard, and Bear then on your right side, and and none of them are guys that I think you want playing the tough minutes that an Adam Larson played. Adam Larson had tons of defensive zone starts, right? He's a big body. He, he doesn't, he doesn't have the polish of those three with the puck, but he's infinitely better defensively than all three of them. And if you're going to run that as your right side, man, you're going to need three bigger physical bodies on the left side. So you've got Keith and, and nurse. So I, if Barry's back, then I'm, I'm guessing bear is going to play with Keith under this scenario. And, uh, and then Evan Bouchard slots in to start, but yeah, that would be interesting, Frank. I know it's, it's been talked it's been, about. And- people thought it was a foregone conclusion that Tyson Barry was gone. And, and in some ways, because that was the narrative I did too, until I started making calls late in the week. And I want to throw one other thing at you. I think there's been some interest from some teams in Zach Cassian. And I think it's a possibility that he ends up being on the move when the trade free trade freeze is lifted. Ooh, well, that, you know, that'll make order fans excited because um, uh, many of them were, were upset that he wasn't exposed. And I try to tell people, you're not exposing Zach Cassian. You don't because- expose players that there's interest in and that no. you know there's interest in it. Like, look at, uh, I, I made this point on Twitter earlier today. Look at the Anaheim Ducks. They protected Nicola Delorier. The reason for that over a guy like Derek Grant, who you selected, is because they know that there's teams that are interested in him. So he's easy to move, and they probably – that's a signal to me that they likely will be moving him. Yes, that makes sense. Let's get to uh, Florida. Florida was an interesting one, and here's a little tidbit for you. Everyone thinks that Chris Dreger is on his way to Seattle, and I'm certainly not disputing that in any way. I think this is part of a side deal because, you know, if not – why would you, um, you know, they're not just going to take Chris Dreger off your hands for nothing. They can get him as a free agent and sign him. So I think part of the side deal is that uh, Seattle takes Frank Vetrano as their official selection and there's some, or, or either that or Chris Dreger is the official selection and Florida has signed him to a deal beforehand and Frank Vetrano also goes along with. I don't, either one, one of those guys is going to be the selection and the other one's going to go with. That's at least what I had heard as, as a rumbling on Sunday night. Okay. Well, that's, that's a, Florida I found was the, the, the most challenging team for me to, to fill out a roster. And so I went Frank with a, with a complete wild, a massive wild card. I was just filling out the roster and, and Vetrano was one and I felt like I had too many forwards. So I went with a defenseman. Marcus and, uh, uh, No, I actually went with Brady Keeper which is oh, wow. uh, which okay. is a massive it's a little bit of a reach but i felt like brady keeper was a guy who two years ago got some traction in florida it was an awesome story yeah and so i i went with a little bit of an emotional pick i i think i wrote all- that story about his his path from oh uh 100%. you know first nations to the university yes. of maine and how he just you know had such a tough time there almost left school and and played through it and what he's honestly i've kept close tabs on brady keeper because of that story and Frank, you're drafting 30 players. Some of these guys got to be in the American League on your franchise. Not and, only that, but look at how many guys from Vegas they never even tried to sign. Yeah, yeah. Not to say that they won't, but yeah. they, they never did. Yeah, so that was that was the the one pick that I I I, I didn't get any any I didn't get a good feel from anyone because um, Dreger I, I I've heard those <laughs> rumblings too about uh, about Chris Dreger and you know that makes sense, but. I've always been like, like you'd mentioned earlier with Dougie Hamilton, if you're that confident, you can sign the player. Why wouldn't you draft someone else from that organization? Mm -hmm. 
the Los Angeles Kings. You know what's funny about the Kings is they they have a lot of really good young prospects, but here's a player, Frank, that um, I looked at a little bit of the success of, of Vegas, and I think this player fits into an energy role extremely well in Brennan Lemieux. Okay, I could see that. Uh, I picked Kel Clegg on defense, 23, still, uh, you know, 761,000 RFA under team control. Saw him play at two world juniors. Think there's more there. Uh, has had a decent run in the AHL and got a little taste with the Kings, but you know, I think he's a guy that makes a lot of sense. That leaves us the Minnesota wild. And by the way, before you do that, just want to give a shout out to roasty coffee, roasty.ca. As I take a sip here, powered me through the entire weekend. We got to talk to Andrew Hayes at a certain point. Uh, you know, former Brandon Wheat King starts up a coffee company. Be a great guest. Well, we might have to ask Andrew, like Frank, for me, I just, I just have water in mind right now. I need an emergency but shipment I'm, of coffee down I, here. I'm guessing you, you might, you might have, you might have, uh, after it happened uh, with the 80 inch TV, you might've had to spike yours with a little bit of uh, <laughs> cooling juice tonight. Yeah. Well, between, uh, so we had a, I had a wedding on Saturday night and, you know, needed like four cups of coffee this morning to get rolling before the lists were out there. And then, uh, another couple to get me through the night. So, uh, but yeah, roasty.ca. That's my shout out. Okay. Uh, who are you taking in mini? Uh, Carson Susie. Okay, I could see Carson Susie, and I think that makes some sense. And I think that makes the wild a little nervous. But I'm taking goaltender Capo Kakinen. And you talked about him last week on the pod, so I don't need to extol to you the virtues as to why they would. Oh, yeah. You know what? It's funny because I had two young goalies. And, um, that, and I think that ultimately you got to take a young goalie for, for sure that, um, that and now Cagnon, I'm pretty sure doesn't require waivers. Correct. I'm not sure. Maybe not oh. yet. I thought he didn't, which is why that's important, Frank, because if, you know, if you've got two other goals, you're going to wave him right away. What's the yeah, point? Yeah. He, he's exactly. waiver exempt. That's a great point. Yeah. So that was good thought by you. That was, uh, that's one that makes it, then you can keep developing just in case you have other two good goaltenders. So I think mm -hmm. that's key. Now I went with Susie only because I think, you know, there's lots to like about Carson Susie, you know, he's a 2.75 cap hit, you know, big body. He's got an absolute bomb of a shot and um, just looking kind of how they're going to formulate their type of defense. I think he's a guy that fits in there. And uh, I know that Minnesota likes him, right? Like you, you, you like him. Sometimes I, I chuckle when people, oh, he's only a third pair defenseman. If you're a solid third pair defenseman in the NHL, that's the Montreal Canadiens. They couldn't find one. Exactly. Your value is extremely uh, important. Speaking of the Montreal Canadiens, the most interesting team, I think, by far, uh, maybe aside, from, I'm not going to say yeah. by far, the Tampa Bay Lightning are really interesting. So I reported earlier today about Carey Price and his injury situation, and some would say really curious timing. Uh, how it worked out. He ended up going to the Habs this week. Uh, he had an MRI. He's had some discomfort in both his hip and his knee. And he just said, look, with the uncertainty around my health situation, no one has an idea from the doctors yet how long he's going to be out. It's definitely going to be a bit. Is it eight weeks? Is it the entire regular season? Is it the entire season? So he's heading down to New York next week, uh, this week actually, to get a uh, further examination by an expert and the problem is they won't know until Friday. Well, the expansion draft is on Wednesday. So Seattle has had a chance now to go through his medical records. Uh, they've gotten, they have the opportunity to look at the medical records of every player who's made available. 
And my understanding is that it's sort of really clouded the picture here. Seattle wasn't expecting Carey Price to be available. They had their eyes on Jake Allen the entire time, so much so that Montreal knew it, and they were trying on Saturday to move Jake Allen. So the fact that they were trying to move Jake Allen but also had Carey Price's no-move waiver in their back pocket, it makes me wonder how seriously injured is he? Is this information coming out because they're trying to dissuade uh, Seattle from taking Carey Price, who has – you know, obviously some family roots and spends his off seasons in Washington state. I think his wife is from tri cities, you know, it's all really interesting. And for all those reasons, I don't see Seattle taking carry price. Uh, so who you got? Oh, I got carry price. <laughs> okay. And now here's why um, I'll be honest. I, I didn't, uh, I didn't see your report because I was, uh, I was, I was with my son all day today. So I didn't see that one report on carry price. And obviously that would change uh, my opinion, but I'll say this. You were bang on about his wife from Tri-Cities. Carey Price has also talked about his love of growing up by the water. He loved it. And as a farm guy myself, when we purchased our house and we have a lake behind it, I, it, it's hard to explain that feeling of just being somewhere where you're comfortable. And I look at Carey Price. He's 34 years of age. So was Marc-Andre Fleury. And when Marc-Andre Fleury got, got uh, picked up by uh, Vegas, you know, there'd been some concerns. Well, Fleury, you know, is he the same goalie as he was before? Um, and I know that Carey Price's last few regular seasons, Frank, have not been good. The playoffs was unbelievable. But I look at Seattle, and in the only reason, one of the main reasons why Vegas has been successful is because of Marc-Andre Fleury. It's it's extremely important position. And this is I a huge dare by, by the Montreal Canadiens. Basically, and, and what you're saying is, Hey Carey guys, Price. we're putting the best goaltender available in the expansion draft. So good luck, Ron Francis, explaining to your marketplace why you didn't select him. And you can't tell us that it's because of the cap because you have no cap issues. Thank so you. That's the bet. And that's exactly the pressure point that Mark Bergevin is squeezing. He was able to keep Jake Allen. And in this case, Carrie Price is the guy who, to my, according to my sources, stepped up and said, if I'm going to be out, I can't be out, and you also lost Jake Allen. Caden Primo, everyone knows that he's going to be something special, but he can't carry the load and help this team get in the playoffs in a murderous division with that kind of start and that kind of pressure heaped on him, especially without Shea Weber. So that's the, that's the sort of calculus. Now, does Seattle buy into it? That's the thing. Or do they push back against the injury and say, look, we're going to go in a different direction? You're right, Frank. It's a risk. It's it's one that in today's NHL, without a goaltender, it's extremely difficult. And it's a forty-four point two five million dollar gamble. Hey, that's what it is. Hey, you know what? I, I was told by numerous people in other franchises that Seattle wants to be competitive. Their owner is their owner's planning on spending right to the cap. They're going. No one's be, questioning that. I, yeah, I think so they I are going to spend, but I, yeah. I just don't know that it's going to be with Carey Price. And that's totally valid. Uh, but I decided it's it's rare that you can have that opportunity. To, that uh, kind to of get pedigree, him. and um, so may maybe he's injured, Frank. But man, he just played unreal. That's what the like, Tampa Bay players were telling me about Shea Weber. They said, "You're going to tell me that guy's hurt?" I just saw how good he was in the Cup final. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, okay, so I, I think they're going to pass on Carey Price so when it's you, all said and done. Who are they? Taking? I think they're going to sign Philip Deneau. Oh, dude! Wow. Yeah. Hey. So they're gonna they're gonna do the England with them. They're gonna they're gonna take him and then uh, announce that that would be a big one. Hmm. I think and I think that would make a lot of sense for a team that ha is is I to my understanding 
upset, not upset, but is hankering for the center position and they don't feel like they've gotten it in this draft. Philip Deneau is your guy. He just is. All right. All right. Let's go to the Nashville Predators. The Nashville Predators, when, you know, another team of, there's nobody that, like, I'm not taking Matt Duchesne. I saw him and Johansson. You're not taking Johansson? No, it's, it's, well, if I was going to take one of the two, it would have been Matt Duchesne um, over, over Ryan. They protected five defensemen, so you know they got no one there. No, there's, I'm just trying to look at my list of, uh, trying to even think who my Nashville player is. I took Callie Yarncroke. I thought about Nick Cousins, but I'm pretty, I'm not confident, but I think Callie Yarncroke is a good fit. And he's one year, two million. Again, under 30, there's no threat. Oh, yeah. This is my one. Um, this I could is my see one... if they wanted to sign Mikhail Granlin as well. I just, yeah. again, I don't, I, don't, I don't know why you would use your pick on him. This is the, my one outlier pick, Frank. Okay. Because there's very few players in the NHL like this player. Okay. Most elite players get long-term contracts. Colton, Colton Sissons, Sissons has five yeah. years left on his deal. You you know what? You can pencil him in. You know what you're getting from him. And his cap hit isn't ridiculous. You know, it's two, it's under $3 million. It's $2.8 million. And while mo- the vast majority of my players were one or two-year deals, I felt like having some continuity uh, in your lineup can be a good thing. And you look at Vegas, a lot, some of the guys who stayed around the longest were guys in their bottom six. So I'm taking Colton Sissons. I had one of the front office executives that I went through the list with take Colton Sissons, but he's played five full national hockey league seasons. He's broken the 10 goal mark once. Oh yeah. And he signed for five years at almost 3 million. Those are the type of guys that crush you. Okay. All right. The New Jersey devils, the, the devils, uh, this, there wasn't seemingly a lot to choose from here. No, I went with, I think the devils were my last team to, to fill out a spot. There's, there's, you know what, some of the guys who, who you like as players, but uh, their cap hit was too high specifically on the back end. So I went with, uh, with Nathan Bastion. That's exactly who I went with. And that's who all three guys went with, which I was shocked because I know this is embarrassing to say for a reporter who covers this league. So in depth, I, I didn't know anything about Nathan Bastion before today. Fair point. I had to, I, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I looked at, like, I've obviously I've heard his name, but I had to look up a lot of his stats and he just, he was the one who seemingly stood out amongst that group. Two years uh, on his contract at 714,000. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's a, yeah, he's a, it's, it's not a big, you know what? There's a guy, Frank, we talked about that could be a player that, you know, maybe he's they you bet know, on. In your American league or, or he's battling out for your 12th, 13th or 14th spot. Yeah. So here's a guy, my guest from the New York Islanders that won't be battling it out for one of those final spots. I have, and this is going to be interesting. I want to hear your take on it. I have Josh Bailey from the New York Islanders. Did you go with Eberly? No, I went with Josh Bailey as well. Okay. But from conversations, um, uh, people think stylistically that they think he fits in better and that their scouts are going to like him more. So I went with Josh Bailey. Yeah. And he had a slightly better season, slightly lower cap hit. They both have the same term left on their deal, three years. Yeah. Five million bucks is in crippling, I think, for what Josh Bailey brings. And he I think he has not to say that Jordan Eberly doesn't have it because he at one point in his career did. I think Josh Bailey has a chance to give you slightly higher output in the future, higher mm-hmm. ceiling, if that makes any sense. Okay. Um, for the New York Rangers. Uh, here's another younger player who I I'm going with some upside and with some size. I'm taking Colin Blackwell. 
Okay. When you said younger, I thought you were going to go with Julian Gauthier because he seems to be the popular pick. Really? Robert Cron yeah. and Ron Francis drafted him in Carolina. Yeah, uh, but I sense. think Colin Blackwell is the guy, but he's not that young anymore. 20, oh, he's 20. What is he? 27 or eight? He's 28. Yep. Yeah. So, so the Ottawa senator is another team, not a lot to pick from. In fact, like I, I would say in talking to teams around the league as they were sizing up everyone's board. And I think the Sens were pretty active in trying to get a defenseman on Saturday before 3 PM that they were the team that had the least per perspiration about their list. Less than New Jersey. Uh, I mean, at least in the same category or conversation. Okay. I mean, yeah, I, New I Jersey, like, you know, they did expose PK Subban. They did expose Andreas yeah. Janssen. Like Ottawa doesn't, I don't know. They didn't have really the same conversations. No, that, that that's fair. Uh, I look at, and I went with, and, and this is one that, because I just couldn't get a consensus anywhere from people I've talked to and then even myself. So I went with uh, the old uh, coach lot kind of reliability. The problem is the cap hit makes no sense. It's a one-year deal, but uh, Chris Tierney is who I went with. Chris Tierney, I think is going to be the guy. I think that's yeah. a pretty good bet. Okay. That brings us to the Philadelphia Flyers who are fascinating. Uh, I was very surprised that and look, I knew their game plan going in was to be exposing some high-priced players. They're looking for cap flexibility. But once they made that trade over the weekend, Ryan Ellis for Nolan Patrick and Philip Myers, I thought for sure that when they opened up that extra protection spot, that that meant they were going to protect James Van Riemsdyk. They instead ended up protecting Nick Albay-Cubell. And uh, still, it still doesn't make a ton of sense to me, given that you can kind of pencil James Van Riemsdyk in for 25 goals pretty much every season and still had a really good year uh, last year and a down year for the flyers. I think he's an attractive option for Seattle, but here's what I'll tell you from my intelligence is that I believe the flyers are hard at work or have been hard at work in trying to get Seattle to take Jacob Voracek. I think there's a first round pick and play. Now here's where it gets extra interesting is that there were rumblings over the weekend that the flyers have some sort of deal or will have some sort of deal in place with the Kraken to get them to take Vladimir Tarasenko from St. Louis and flip him to Philly. I don't know what all that would cost. And I think that there may be a Robert Hag selection involved here. So maybe they take Robert Hag and they trade a first and Jacob Borachek to Seattle in exchange for Vladimir Tarasenko coming back the other way after the draft. But um, I think that's, that's the word on the street at the moment. All right. Cause uh, JVR to me was just too good to pass up. And uh, so, but it's funny, Frank, because I, I looked at, and I, and I know, well, I don't want to go out of turn here, but I have Tarasenko and I'm sounding like you do too. But um, I looked at it and said, there's certain guys that you need that can just score goals. And James Van Reems likes a good offensive player, you know, like seven mil isn't ideal, but he's only got two, only years, two left years on, on term. And, um, like if, if I had to pick between James Van Riemsdyk right now and Voracek, I, I would take Van Riemsdyk right now. So, um, I think Jake Voracek is also going to be extremely motivated. You know, yeah, he I had, so. he still had 43 points in like yep. 50 yeah, he, some games. Like he, he actually didn't, it wasn't a terrible season. No, he bounced uh, back. I, and I think year. he's going to have a 60 to 70 point year next year. So, um, 
you might have more points in Voracek than you do in Van Riemsdyk. And obviously you have the extra year of term, which is why the Flyers would need to sweeten the pot a little bit. But you mentioned goals, which is the perfect segue to my pick in Pittsburgh. I think it's going to be Jason Zucker for a lot of those same reasons. Um, you know, I think there's some concern or curiosity whether they take Brandon Tanev. I think the extra years on the term don't really make a lot yeah. of sense. And Zucker guaranteed 20 goals pencil them in going to happen 5.5 not crazy certainly better than uh van reams like seven i think zucker is the guy see my my strategy here was uh they're taking carry price earlier and uh, they've realized that they don't want to burn carry price out in the regular season you need a backup goalie that you like and you trust so i went with casey to smith hmm. Now, by the way, there seems to be some chatter that the Penguins are interested and could potentially move Tristan Jari at some point once the expansion draft wraps. So let's keep an eye on that. Name well, as well. That would, because I know that there is talking to people in Pittsburgh. That was one of the heavily debated ones because there's lots of people who think that the Smith, uh, you know, they like him better than than Tristan Jari. I think there's and little evidence to, to suggest that the Smith is better than the Jari at the moment. Yeah, so I like I think this I think dismiss kind of an underrated goaltender. And I think bit. the I think the Penguins have been interested or potentially trying to move Marcus Pedersen. I think they tried to package him in a deal elsewhere on Saturday. Uh, that didn't end up working out. And I, I I don't I wonder if Marcus Pedersen is long in Pittsburgh. Okay. San Jose. Well, I was kind of surprised that they. I kept struggled the- with this one. They're, they're big dogs. I went with the defenseman uh, just because I like depth on the blue line. He's under term. It's only 2.2 million. And uh, I think Simic's a defenseman that, you know what, the, having watched a lot of the Sharks the last few seasons, they were very high in him. I think he had a little bit of a, you know, sophomore slump, whatever you want to call it last year, uh, struggled. I think that guy's a prime target to bounce back. And he's, he's one of my few players, Frank, that's there for a while. He's a younger defenseman. He's got good term at a low price at only 2.2. Okay. I went with Matt Nieto. Uh, he kind of reminds me of like a Pierre Edouard Belmar light. If you're looking in terms yeah, not of what big Vegas, enough, yeah, not big enough, but um, is spunky, scrappy energy, consistent shows up. Everyone knows what they're getting from him and two years at the league minimum. Uh, sign me up. That brings us to the St. Louis blues. Who do you got? So you're taking Tarasenko like I am. Yeah, I'm taking Tara. How can you pass up Vladimir Tarasenko here for for everything you just explained earlier, Frank? Even even if you don't want to keep him, the trade he's so flippable because we know the market is going to be there without question. And we know the teams that are interested and have already stepped up to say we're willing to pay full freight. I don't. L.A., New Jersey, Florida. There's been a bunch of teams, Carolina. They've all stepped up and said, we're going to pay. We're willing to take him at his full cap hit. Like why a deal didn't get done. I I really, for the life of me, I don't understand. Um, And I think in some ways the frustration has just boiled over there in St. Louis to the point where it's not fixable. It's the ship has sailed. It's just a matter of where's he going? How's he going? How's he getting there? And is St. Louis going to get anything in return for one of their best players over the last decade? Well, how? Right. Like that's, that's amazing to me that, and, and I get the shoulder surgery because I had, when, when that name came out, Frank, there were so many, I, I probably text six or seven different NHL people and, and got responses back like what? Right. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't believe it because there were, and I saw your report, Frank, that, you know, many teams were interested. It just couldn't get the, well, I don't know why wanted. it couldn't well, get done. 
Something and then if that's the case, why didn't they just protect him, expose Barbashev and make the deal after expansion? It was almost like they threw in the towel in this case and just said, we're washing our hands of this guy. Yeah, like something's better than nothing for Vic. I'm, I'm for, very for surprised that's how the way it played out. Yeah, like that's, that's, I, I can't wait till the whole story here comes out because something just. No, that's that. I'm telling you, that's the whole story. Yeah. What I've written about the shoulder surgeries, not being captain, yeah. uh, the way they questioned his commitment and, and intention on rehabbing after those shoulder surgeries that they botched. Uh, that's, that's a pretty easy way for it to unravel. You question oh, someone's character no, right. after your surgeon that. screwed that up. That's no I'm bueno. Saying, it basically came down to like six wrongs now. Like, so you erred on the thing at some point, you just got to say as an organization, okay, you know what? The, this relationship is severed. It's not going to, it's not going to repair itself, but now you can't, you can't just out of spite lose him for nothing. Cause that's gotta be a massive players are competitive. They know who's good and who's not. And you just lost a guy who could easily score 30 goals next year, maybe 40 a 30 goal score. Like he didn't walk away in free agency, Frank. He has mm -hmm. two years left in his contract. Like this is, th th this decision is one that I think is going to haunt St. Louis. I I've always talked about, you know, franchise altering decisions that take a long time to get over. And you, and the best example I have is the New York Islanders and the Edmonton orders. You go back, you look at the Barzell Beauvillier trade for, for Griffin Reinhardt. Look where the, where the Islanders have gone because of those two. And then look where the orders have gone. And that's with McDavid and Drysaddle because it's still, you mm. need depth. And, mm. and if those two picks, and you don't even, I, I know the orders weren't taken Barzell. You could have picked any of the other six players there. Your mm -hmm. team would be infinitely better. And the St. Louis Blues now get draft picks, get a prospect, something. You're getting absolutely nothing for one of the league's premier goal scorers. Okay. So now speaking of some premier players, got my popcorn ready. What are you doing in Tampa? <laughs> man this was the hardest decision because i believe that i think this I think is the easiest decision go ahead well, well i well i think it's the easy decision straight up if you want the best player but okay i wonder if like i've heard so much talk and and other people believe that that uh, julian brisebois is going to do everything he can to keep his guys intact and yanni gord they love yanni gord they love him you got you know palat's got one year kalorn's got two tyler johnson isn't even close to those other three guys right now as far as production goes He's a good player don't get me wrong but and i understand the local boy angle but yanni gord's the better player he's feisty you talked about that earlier frank with other guys he can produce for you to me it, it would it'd be yanni gord all day i didn't want to outthink myself after talking to people my only caveat is i wonder if tampa decides to make a deal to ensure they don't take him. I, I don't, I'd be surprised if that happens. So here's how I've thought about it in a totally different way. And so have the other teams that I've talked to. So they're saying that because everyone knows Tampa is in a cap crunch. Okay. They're not the going to help them and take Cal No, foot? the player. No, they, I heard Seattle doesn't like Calfoot. Okay. The player is Matthew Joseph. Take Matthew Joseph, who they, a lot of people think can be Carter Verhage, instant 20 goal guy next season, plays center, plays a two-way game say, look, we're not helping you at all. We're taking a guy that makes peanuts. Yeah, makes sense. And if you want, you can give us one of those players for free in a side deal, and we'll take one of them, but we don't have to. Make, convince us otherwise. Because if not, I've said this before, you're doing Tampa an enormous favor. In any other offseason, without Seattle entering the league, they would be forced to give up a first-round pick to have someone take these guys. 
because everyone, no one's going to throw them a life raft, especially after two Stanley Cups, knowing the cap situation that they've been in. So the question is, if they do end up taking someone else with Matthew Joseph, who is it? And my guess is that it would be Andre Palat and that they would then take Palat and flip him. Obviously they could keep him right. Obviously they could keep him and play him, but I think teams would be lining up to make a side deal with Seattle after the fact, or even right now they could talk about it is we'll take Palat off your hands in short order. Just tell us what you want. Frank, your scenario makes a lot of sense, but you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me a little bit of how teams aired on the other side back in 2017, where they offered up, oh, you know what? Don't take this guy. We'll give you two players, Minnesota, Florida, well, This is the opposite of that. They're squeezing yeah, no, Tampa Bay's nuts. That's, that's what I'm saying. So there's, but, but at the same time, Seattle is not getting, you know, Yanni Gord's a really good player. And they're just, you could get he, him. He's until- a really good player, but he's got a cap hit for four more years and he's going to be 33. Yeah, when it's done, but it's fine. Like, look at Florida's top six guys Carlson, Marcia So, Riley. They're all still there four years later. It's only four years. It's not like it's five or six. I just, I think if I were ranking players in terms of how I would perceive, at least from the conversations I've had, of how teams would rank them in in perception in terms of how they'd want to acquire them, I think the order would be Palat, Killorn, Gord, Johnson. Oh, I don't dis- I don't argue with that because of the two and the one-year contracts. Sure. And I thought about Palat, no question. Um, and and like I know there's a lot of teams. The Edmonton Oilers would love Alex Kalorn. They'd absolutely love to get Alex Kalorn. He he fits in exactly what they need. But when I look at you, you can't turn over your entire roster, right? I like Yanni Gore, but the the the, the uh, uh, you know the the Joseph makes sense, especially because I talked about that a few weeks ago. Do teams really want to go out of their way to help Tampa Bay? Because I don't some think teams are still annoyed, uh, whether even though it wasn't illegal. Some teams. No, are still it's not annoyed. even that. It's just you don't give anyone a leg up. You don't get a. You don't give anyone a get out of jail free card, even if it means you're getting a good player. Make them pay you to take the good player, which is yeah. what a lot of teams have forced other teams in cap trouble to do. So what if Tampa says, "Okay, you take the guy that we want, and you get Joseph"? That's the same way of doing it. It's just. Yeah. We're, okay. we're, we're talking about which guy actually goes on the sheet as the no. official selection. That's that's, and that's the but same then if, thing I was saying with Dreger and Vetrano, I have Dreger as my official selection, but Vetrano is going with him. For instance, if that's end, what ends up being the case, it all depends on who you want to choose as the official guy. I just look at the makeup of Tampa Bay. And I think that when you look, move forward in that team, Yanni Gord's the player. They really, if they're going to lose Coleman and Goudreau, Right, Yanni Gord is—he's a very important part to that team. Uh, there's no art. A, a lot of all those guys are mm-hmm. just a matter of which one is getting pucked out. And I want to throw in one more thing because I know at least two teams who had called the Tampa Bay Lightning over the weekend to try and make a deal before the trade freeze, and we're told we're not talking to anyone. Everyone's spidey senses are tingling. What does Tampa Bay have up their sleeve? Because other teams have tried to engage them in talks and it's going nowhere, mm. nowhere. Right. So I am fascinated by Tampa Bay. Uh, who do you got out of Toronto? So I think it's going to be Alex Kerfoot, but I think that Seattle is going to have to think long and hard about Jared McCann. Mm. 
Yeah, see, I went, because uh, salary cap comes into play and I've took some other big contracts. And um, you know what? You talked earlier about Joseph and, and this guy I don't necessarily think has the finishing ability, but he reminds me of just how he skates, big body, he's cheap, Pierre Engvall. I think you're way overthinking this. In fact, I would bet my I would bet my house that it's one of either Those Kerfoot two. or McKinnon. Yeah, well, that makes sense, right? Toronto like, was literally. One... I would like put it on wheels and drive it to Edmonton to give it to you because I'm that confident that it's going to. So be one it's of one of the two. Guys. You're saying it's Kerfoot for sure over McCann. I I'm pretty sure that Seattle wanted Kerfoot and McCann, and they were not that happy when Pittsburgh traded McCann for nothing to Pittsburgh to Toronto because they knew they were going to lose him for nothing. Yeah. Well, that's fair. Well, Toronto probably won't be upset with that, even though I know Kerfoot produced for them in the postseason last year. I think but. they'd actually, my guess is they're pretty happy having McCann and that they wouldn't be that sad to lose Kerfoot by comparison. Well, yeah, it's 3.5 mil. Well, Ker- McCann is 2.95, so it's not yeah. nothing. But he's also a year younger. And I think they think he's, they think McCann is a center, which is interesting. What about the Vancouver Canucks? Well, not a lot of options here, Frank. Uh, I didn't find any way that uh, jump out. So I, I went with um, looking at the uh, division they play. I just went with an energy guy uh, in Zach McEwen. He's dirt cheap. He's somebody that maybe can go up and down your, uh, your uh, you know, NHL to the AHL potentially. Uh, they, I didn't, there wasn't a lot of players here that, that jumped off the page for me. And to be honest, in the conversations I had, I never got any sort of, um, pick that made me change my mind. So one team picked Matthew Highmore, two others picked Cole Lind. And I think that makes a lot of sense. Remember I was saying there's going to be one team that it makes sense to have a prospect bet on Cole Lind's numbers in the AHL are pretty good. Again, not a whole lot here to pick from might as well take a flyer. That's fair. The Washington capitals. Well, this is, this is another one where uh, I went now the, the challenge here is he doesn't have, um, he does, he's not waiver eligible. So, uh, sorry, waiver exempt, Uh, but uh, I goaltending man in the NHL is so difficult and pretty uh, hard to give up VTech Vanacek. Yes. I don't, he doesn't need waiver exemption because he's like, if you have Dreger, I think it's him and Dreger that are your two guys and you have Kakanen that's going back and forth. Those are my three goalies. All right. So we agree there. So not a lot of money spent on goalies, but I think can give you just as good, you know, one, you know, sort of one, a one B as sort of anywhere in the league in terms of that next rung down from the elite elite guys. So uh, it was interesting in Washington. The one guy that made me think was Brendan Dillon. Some people are wondering if his best days are behind him three years left on his contract yeah. God, that guy is loved everywhere he's gone. Like I'm telling Dude. you, players want to play with him. They think he makes their team better. They, he's an awesome guy in the locker room. Brendan Dillon is one guy that gave me pause, but Vitek Vanacek, man, that is a tough one to pass up. Yeah, you, you know, very quietly, who had a really good season in Washington, Frank, and was very good in the playoffs again, who's dirt cheap, is Garnet Hathaway. He was really good for a while. You go look at his numbers in Washington this season, mm-hmm. right? Like I know people in Calgary, when they got rid of him, were just like, oh, whatever. There's a guy who's just a little bit late developer. Um, you can't pass up the goaltender, but you watch him in the next few years. I think that's, he's a guy that's, um, that's slowly just going to be a really good complimentary depth player for your team. I think that's fair. 
but I still think it's Vitek Banachek. Yeah, I would agree too. I, it's I, just too hard to pass up for a guy. I agree. So last but not least is the Winnipeg Jets. Well, well, here's another one who... This is I a slam by, dunk, I think. Dylan DeMello? No. Wow. I think it's Mason Appleton, and I think it's like... like I think it's... I think Dylan DeMello was there... Like he's like that piece of meat for a dog to throw you off the scent. Yeah, maybe. Because I think they tried so hard to move Mason Appleton and couldn't get the value that they felt like they needed. And with Dylan DeMello, he's that sort of sneaky, good right shot defenseman that isn't flashy, not sexy. He's not going to give you a ton of points, but just kind of there and does his job well. And is consistent and doesn't make the home run mistake. But I just think with the term that's left on that deal, Three more years, I think it is. Yep. Three more years on Dylan DeMello. Mason Appleton, man, plug that guy right into your middle six. 12 goals last year in 56 games, 25 points. I think he's ready to break out and be that sort of 25-goal guy with the the right teammates and the right minutes. Uh, I think he can be so much better. And he finally, for a Winnipeg team that was waiting for him to break through that ceiling, just unfortunately did it in the one year where there was expansion and they couldn't keep him because they wanted to keep Cop and Lowry together. So uh, for me, it's Mason Appleton all day long. So what was your cap hit? Because that was the one thing when I was done that I didn't like about my team. So my my cap hit was exactly... uh, So there's a bunch of different layers to this. You need to select at least... 48.9. 48.9. Yes. So my selection ended up being 65.6. But when you look at the number of guys that are UFAs and RFAs that I selected, their real cap hit is around 53. So they that leaves you $27 million in cap space. And by the way, that includes... Does that include Dougie Hamilton? It, no, it includes okay. Vladimir Tarasenko. I made Jake Bean as the official selection from Carolina. Like I said... Take, oh, but they're double dip. Hamilton. Take okay. the guy and then also sign Dougie Hamilton. So, um, you know, like I said, none of these things are guaranteed. These are all just projections as to what the sort of conversation is around the league. Uh, you know, if we were to be making some wagers here. Yeah. Like I, I look at my, the reason why I don't think my team is overly realistic at the end. Well, a, the carry price changes everything because it's $10 million. Right. So that mm-hmm. bumps my cap in, into the, into the low seventies, which probably might not be a selling feature. But uh, I also picked some players knowing that they would get traded right away. So I took that as, as part of it to say, hey, your cap, because technically Seattle's cap hit could be, you know, upwards of 80, uh, 80 million if they want it. Because I think, I think it'll be in the high 70s. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's, but I it's all, but the, the key number, is, but and, and you, you, you hit this right on the head though. The key is, I only have one, two, three, I have seven guys that have that go into a second year of their contract yeah, i have 11 that's it seven yeah. they have the also ultimate have... flexibility moving forward i think they're going to be decent uh you know let's see the other signings they make i think there's a lot of other guys that they're interested in talking to that are ufas that they're going to get a real good sense about during this exclusive negotiating period and i think the key is flexibility moving forward yeah, well, it's fascinating, Frank, because what I found, and I'm sure you did, and the people I've talked to, everybody has a different opinion on certain players. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure Seattle's the exact same thing. Right now, Seattle, obviously, the tough one is, the main tough one's going to be Carey Price, as we alluded to. Do you, do you turn down a future Hall of Fame goaltender 
who potentially claims now he has injuries and you don't, no one knows. Like they'll, they'll talk to the, uh, Maybe he does. He's 34 years old and has played a ton of games. Like I, like I don't know. Yeah. I'm not discounting that he might, but you know, can you, what if you don't take Carey price, Frank, and he sits out a year and then he just lights it up for the next few seasons. That's, that's the risk of not. What if you take Carey price, he sits out the year and then he never plays again. Yeah. Well, that's got $44 million that you're paying out. And I'm sure the contract would be insured all those things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, you could use the LTIR space and some people would make the argument, look, you just spent 650 million on your expansion fee. You spent, what did the arena cost? $1.1 billion in private financing. What's an extra 40. What's an extra 44. I get it. But at the same time, is that the best way to build your team moving forward or if you're getting regular season carry price from the last number of years, who wasn't all world before this key playoff run, that's making everyone think twice. If he didn't go to the cup final this year, we're literally not having this conversation. They expose carry price and you just go, meh, like whatever. If he, if he's the regular season carry price, are you better off just spending a few million dollars on Chris Dreger, Vitek, Vanacek and Capo Kakinen getting a reasonable facsimile of the production of that, that goaltending and then having flexibility to move forward and spend your money in different places, like on your blue line or like putting goals in the net. That's fascinating. Now, before we let you go, Frank, there was only two UFAs who were protected. Three. But by, by the oh, the three. Well, the two goaltenders, Allmark Grubauer, and Buffalo. Allmark, that's and also Yoel Armia from Montreal. Okay. So when you look though at like Grubauer in Colorado. You know, I, I could see a legitimate chance of him resigning there. Allmark and Buffalo, like, what are you hearing? I think things one, have I been, they... I think it's gone off the rails a little bit with Grubauer as well. I think there's a chance maybe, um, but I, I, you know, I mentioned last week that they're interested in Kemper as well. I don't think it's a done deal that Grubauer is coming back. Yeah, but Allmark, okay. by the way, with Buffalo, so you started, head, we started heading down that path. What were they doing? How did they not go out and get a goaltender? You, you look at all these guys available, whether it's Vanacek, whether it's, you know, whether it is Dreger, whether it's yeah. someone else, you protected a guy that almost everyone knows is not coming back to Buffalo and you had nothing else to expose. Yeah. You had a free spot. It was a free, free spot on your bingo card that you didn't fill in. Yeah. That, that to me with so many goalies available, that that's a tough one to explain. I don't know how you explain that one. Well, Frank, that one will that one will rank up there, I think, a little bit. Uh, not as not as much, but with the uh, the exposing of Tarasenko decision, I I think those are ones that are going to be talked about because uh, for quite some time. You're right. Like, you know, but at what? least now, with hey, Tarasenko, you go, this guy, this thing soured. He's never playing here again, and we're not paying him fifteen million dollars. Like, what's your excuse for Omark? No. Well, you're fair, but look, you even you even said, and people I people I talk to, and you're more connected than I am, Frank who said flat out, we, we were seriously interested in now. I know that interested and willing to give what St. Louis wants, but if St. Louis was at the point where we're like, well, we're just going to walk away from him for nothing, how bad were the offers that you got that you wouldn't take one of those rather than lose him for nothing? That's Jonathan Quick was exposed. He's from the Northeast. He's from Connecticut. Like, why were you not trying to make a deal to get Jonathan Quick if you're Buffalo? I'm just yeah. like oh, another, who, there's a million examples, whether yeah. it was um, Aiden Hill in Arizona who went to San Jose, you yeah. know, whether it's trying to get Ben Bishop on the cheap who waved his no move from Dallas. Like 
Jonathan Bernier is a free agent trade for his rights and negotiate. Like none of these moves would have cost anything to do. Yeah. That's fascinating, Frank. That's why I, as much as I'm excited about the expansion draft, I'm really kind of excited about the ripple effect of the expansion draft as far as the other trades that will come from Ooh, it. Baby. Then this into the draft. Saturday was like a mini trade deadline at 3 p.m. Yeah, it was fun. And this, as we, we've said it all along, and uh, I know you talked about it, the Captain Chaos, that this will be one of the more interesting off seasons in NHL history. And we uh, still got buyouts. Teams were like, why would I buy a guy out when I don't know if Seattle's going to oh, take him? Yeah. Or if I, think- I could work out a side deal. I think we'll see some buyouts between the 22nd James and the 27th. Surprised that hasn't happened yet. But again, there's been no reason to have it happen. No, there's, there's none. Like you never, can you get someone to take Koskinen? They're trying. I've, I've heard there's, there's been some slight interest, but again, I, I just don't think how serious it is. Cause when the goalie market's available, you know, you acquire Koskinen. And even if, if Edmonton uh, retains 50%, it's still 2.25 million. And there's lots of goalies. I think you can sign up for agency for less than that. Yep. 100%. Well, Frank, this is a fun one. This uh, is one every, of our longest pods ever, but so worth it. Well, I everybody think. send in a uh, feel free. We'll put up ours. Uh, everybody can put out their uh, team list. Uh, it's a lot of fun to uh, go through the process of your expansion draft. Good luck with that. And uh, we'll have a special draft entry draft podcast coming up on uh, friday with a draft expert we'll do it the morning of the draft uh because you don't so we don't know who teams are going to take so we're going to focus on the players and what they offer so then fans can go and listen to that podcast oh our team just took this guy here we go so we're going to have a lot of in-depth analysis uh from some uh some uh, amateur sport experts coming up on friday Thanks for listening to the DFO Rundown with Saravali and Gregor. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight 
cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.